0: consulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth.
1: Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Michael Burroughs. He's the CEO and founder of Mortgage House of America. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Thank you, Mike, for asking me. Good. Those of you following the schedule closely know that Jeff Silich... From Thermal Tech Engineering, we're scheduled to be here today. He's going to be coming on on June 13th. Next week, we're going to have another part of the dynamic residential real estate market. We're going to have Ellie Reiser from Comey & Shepherd come on and tell us a little bit of what she sees from the real estate agent side. following week, we're going to have Dennis Devlin from Consumer Clarity. And the, the following week on May 30th, we're going to have Jeff Mazzaro from the Stillmeadow Country Club. So we got a, a pretty good lineup of, of people coming on the show over the next few weeks. Should be extremely exciting. Let's see something new on the schedule. We have a new program in the Business Builder series and a new location. This uh, this program is called How to Build a Sales Driven Team. Question is, is: Is your sales team holding you back? This is a program for CEOs and vice presidents of sales, business owners who want to take their company to the next level but don't know how. Uh, That program is scheduled for June 4th from 11.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Lunch is going to be served from 11.30 to 12. The program starts promptly at 12. It's going to be over at the Still Meadow Country Club, one Still Meadow Drive on the east side of Cincinnati. Those people who register early next week uh, will get a special discounted price. Okay, and during that program... Managers and owners are going to learn how to keep salespeople accountable, how to identify the top five weaknesses, hidden weaknesses of the team, how to supervise and motivate a sales team, and how to establish a profile for identifying stronger salespeople. Some of you may remember listening to a couple of shows with uh, Frank Wood, program Thriving with Stress. That program starts in a couple of weeks on Friday the 23rd of May, and we do have a listener special program course for that. You can call our office at 513-753-9400 to find out how to do better with stress in the moment of stress. Sandler Cold Call Camp, coming up July 16th. That's going to be here in Cincinnati. That's an all-day event. And you, again, can call the office for, with questions and details. We are going to be basing that program on the new Sandler Prospecting Book and therefore we're going to be teaching our folks the newest Sandler script. Let's see, what else is coming up? i got a feeling that I missed something. I'll just have to go back to it. Let me tell everyone a a little bit about you, Mike. Mike was born during World War II, grew up in Franklin, Ohio, just south of Dayton, Uh, played sports in high school. He's proud of being a basketball guard, going undefeated in a regular season with his teammates at Franklin High School. So, how tall were you in high, in high school oh, dude,
2: I was like five nine, and hundred and twenty pounds mm. don't ask today
1: yeah today you wouldn't make a <laughs> team, I don't think <laughs> right you attended and graduated from the University of Cincinnati in the sixties attended Chase law School, and did you get a law degree? I did not okay, and you didn't pursue the law did not okay. I've heard that from several people who graduated from law school that <laughs> has a couple of children now has Eight, no, 13 grandchildren.
2: Yes, we've increased since the last time I've been on your show. Okay.
1: Had a good Christmas with all the yes, grandkids. we did. Mike worked in the savings and loan industry in the 70s uh, and 80s, originating mortgages. Brokered loans in the 90s, started your own company, calling it Mortgage House of America, LLC, in 1998. The company is currently located in Hyde Park but on Observatory Avenue?
2: On, actually, Edwards Road near Observatory.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mortgage Roll. It is. is. And real estate road down there. Mike was one of the founding members of the Blue Ash Montgomery Symes Township uh, Rotary Club in 1990. And it's an international service club helping less fortunate people, notably over the last 25 years, almost wiping out polio down to, what, two, oh, or, th- yes. two or three countries? Yes. Mike is a uh, trustee of the Cincinnati Country Day School and served in public office for 10 years from 1985 to 95, as a trustee in Sims Township. Mike has been a board member of various nonprofits, including Juvenile Diabetes Foundation of Cincinnati. Mike and his wife, Shirley, uh, reside in Indian Hill. How come you decided to leave public office, Mike?
2: Well, 10 years, I had three Republicans as trustees. Every township just has three trustees. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Democrats got elected, and it was time for me to go.
1: You were the last Republican. I was stand. the
2: last Republican. So,
1: Mike, you were saying you?
2: Yeah. So, as I was saying, I'm happy to report that I think Sims has three Republican trustees today. But I moved out of Sims Township and then in Hill back in the late '90s, so kind of lost track of those politics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell us a
1: little bit more about the formation of Boricch House of America.
2: Well, now I'm bragging. My daughter graduated from Harvard, so I was willing to then take the risk. Uh, didn't have that expensive college bill, so that was in 1998. Uh, she graduated in '97. And Mike, I, you know, I just love what I do. I'm in my 49th year. You probably won't believe that. Your, mm-hmm. your, your viewers probably won't believe that. But I, I do. I can't wait to get to work. Right. I mean, it's exciting helping people buy or refinance or save money. So that's that's what I do. That's what I want to do. And the other element is my son of 40 has been with me. 14 years, mm-hmm. he's my biggest volume producer, so I have another reason to have the firm keep going. How many employees does uh, Mortgage House of America uh, have today? Presently, I'm at 11, and I'd like to hire one more good loan officer.
1: Mm-hmm. So if there's a loan officer out there that's looking for a job that's got a proven portfolio of performance, they should contact
2: you. The latter is very, very important. I don't do leads, I don't do advertising, I only work by word of mouth.
1: Okay, that's a good way to
2: work. Yeah, it's worked for me.
1: Well, it's also uh, less expensive and more profitable for everyone.
2: Yeah, it really is. Hmm. Uh.
1: So if they want
2: to, if, if there's a loan officer out there that's unhappy where they are, give me a call. And they could call you at. Yeah, just well, it's five one three of course seven nine four seventy eight twelve. If you don't remember that, just go on my website mortgagehouseofamerica.com. dot com. Good. Good. Uh, what areas do you think Mortgage House
1: of America does a great job in?
2: We have targeted the high-end market. What is the high-end market? High-end market means you are creditworthy. I never got into subprime. Um, If if I accept you and you accept me, that means I think you're creditworthy and I can get you a loan. And the reason for that, Mike, is I only get paid on a commission. So if I don't close a loan, I don't get paid. And who wants to work and not get paid? Uh, Do you guys charge a mortgage uh, loan application fee? We do not. Mm -hmm. That's now against the law. Oh, really? You can charge an appraisal fee, but in Ohio, they passed a regulation. uh, You can't call it an application fee. Now, you can go to a bank. That's different. A bank can charge an application fee? A bank can charge an application fee. A mortgage broker cannot. Wow.
1: So that gives you a tremendous competitive advantage.
2: Well, maybe, maybe not. They're going to pay for whatever they get in the long run. Mm -hmm. And if I can't beat the bank, they don't need me. But I can assure you, if you're creditworthy, I can beat the banks. Mm. And the bank is
1: going to charge you an application fee?
2: No. um, The bank actually wants to make sure that they get their appraisal fee. Mm
3: -hmm. Because
2: the appraiser gets paid whether we do business or not. Mm -hmm. And it's up to me to decide whether or not to charge an appraisal fee at the time of application. Okay. Okay. So if you've done business with me before, you, I probably won't charge. How many uh, appraisals does
1: a, a a real estate residential real estate transaction require today?
2: Depends upon the loan size. There are some banks that only require one above 650,000. Some banks require two, some still require one. Hmm. So it varies. Okay.
1: Just out of curiosity, what's the biggest single loan that you guys have ever uh
2: Taken. $4.2 on a residential home, 6, million $6 purchase price. Wow. That's big. It is big. I hope you didn't do the mortgage on the house that burnt that in, the <laughs> I didn't, but it wouldn't make any difference to me because the insurance would be off the bank anyway. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. Uh,
1: in your organization, uh, which is stronger, your sales team or your management team?
2: Oh, boy. I, I'm going to answer that, that, my sales team. hmm they're likable people. Uh, when people like people, they'll do business with them. Uh, management, I think if you ask all my 11 employees, they'd probably tell you I'm too soft on them. Too soft on them. Too soft on them. Mm-hmm. Mary calls in, my kid's sick, I'm not going to come to work today. Or, you know, I forgot to tell you, I'm going to do my hair today. Mm. So, you know, I'm flexible.
1: Okay. So, uh, uh, on average, how- how many years has your team members been with you?
2: Uh, actually, almost everybody's been with me 10 years or more, with the exception of my last hire, which was two years ago.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
2: very loyal people. I treat them right. They treat me right. I guess that's a,
1: gr- a great way to work. Oh, I
3: love it. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, do you guys have uh, goals every year as a mortgage company?
2: You know, we really don't. But I can tell you that the average loan officer out there will generate maybe 10 to 12 million. My two top producers did 27 million each last year. Mm -hmm. So it's a reflection, again, of them building their own database. But um, goals, no, because as an example, last year, 90% of our business was refinances. Really? Today, 60%. So it's pretty hard to set goals. And before the radio show, I told you the industry predicted $1.2 trillion this year.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Last
2: year, it was $2 trillion. So
1: that means fewer loans are being...
2: Fewer loans because of more government regulations. Fewer people are going to be creditworthy.
1: After we take a commercial break, we'll talk about government regulations. Okay. Uh, Mike... Uh, is it okay if we have people call in and ask you questions? Well,
2: please do. Usually this is so boring, nobody will call in, but please call in. He's a good guy to talk the to. The first
1: question you're going to ask is, what's your interest rate? Okay. Uh, <laughs> high, low, or medium, right? Uh, the call-in number is, as usual, 646-595-4916. We're going to ask Jimmy Fox to talk about Tip Club, which is the networking group that I sponsor for the next uh, Tip Club meeting is Thursday, May 22nd from 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, Jimmy, why don't you take it away?
4: Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event.
1: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, Mike Burroughs. Mike, wanted to tell our listeners what's happened in the last uh, two years or so in terms of government regulation of the mortgage industry?
2: Well, I'll try to keep it in a nutshell. Uh, Dodd-Frank passed a law, and in that law, they required the bureaucrats to publish new regulations, which they have. Uh, they have produced uh, massive regulations, that it's a rat maze now to go from one end of the rat maze to the other to get your loan closed. Uh, Just this past January 10th, 1,300 more pages got published, which um, probably will be the reason the majority of the people who got a loan last year wouldn't qualify this year. And in August of fifteen, we have another three. Wait a minute. A majority of the people, majority. Majority. More than 51%
1: of the loans that were granted last year would not be approved. Would not be approved this year. Can you give us an example of a loan that you think would not be approved this year that was approved last year? Well,
2: you know, when you pass a regulation that says your house payment, Mm -hmm. your car payment, your credit card payment, whatever monthly obligations you have, If it goes beyond 43% of your income, monthly income, you do not qualify for a qualified mortgage. So your loan cannot be put together in a pool and sold on Wall Street. So you'll be turned down for your request. Mm. Now, we may be able to seek a different lender and a different product, but uh, that's going to be the biggest disappointment of people applying this year that are marginal. So 43% is kind of a hard number this year. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. You could have $10 million in a trust that maybe is in gold and produces no income. Mm-hmm. And if you go over that at 43%, you don't qualify. Wow. So what's that going to do to the housing industry, the
1: new construction
2: I'm sure you resale? Can, I'm sure you can see the domino effect. If you, Mike Roth, are moving up in a house and you mm-hmm. need to sell your house, mm-hmm. if your buyer can't qualify you probably won't move up. And that's why they're predicting almost a 50% reduction in loan volume in 2014. Hmm. Does that mean
1: that you'd also predict that the value of homes would go down?
2: Well, value of homes is a function of many parts, not the least of which foreclosures in a community, mm-hmm. not the least of which interest rates. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been around where I've seen double-digit interest rates, mm-hmm. above 10%, above 12 above 14 above 17 I remember the 20% interest rates. Well, okay, okay. that was 1981. But mm-hmm. to make a long story short and to try to answer your question directly, yes, it will have an effect on the value of real estate if we can't get deals closed that would determine then for an appraiser what the market is for a house. The hottest little market right now is Deer Park. Little homes, mm-hmm. people having to pay a premium just to be able to get into a little home as opposed to some of the other communities where the seller thinks his house is worth a lot more than what the buyer
1: thinks.
3: Hmm.
1: It's interesting. I'll have, I'll have to ask uh, Ellie Reiser next week because I, I've heard stories that houses go on the market here and they sell
2: in four days. Only if they're priced right. Hmm. I've got sellers that know the value of their house, and they get to keep it. And they're on their third realtors. Oh, okay. They've got the wrong value in their head. They've got the wrong value, both in their head and in the the sheet. In the multiple listing sheet. Right, right. So you can sell a house if you price it right. And a good professional realtor won't waste their time if you're way off the market.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any particular favorite realtors?
2: I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, what I find is I work with a lot of financial planners Mm -hmm. as opposed to the real estate people. Many real estate companies have set up their own finance units. Mm -hmm. So um, it's more likely that you'd get two or three referrals by that real estate company to include their finance company Mm -hmm. than a referral to me. But Mm -hmm. there are realtors who send me business. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: do you think the real estate market in Cincinnati is going to take a, as big a hit as the national market is with this uh, increase in rules?
2: Uh, no, I don't for um, the following reasons. Uh, Cincinnati is the hidden gem of the Midwest in that we have Procter, we have General Electric, we have Kroger. We're so much better, well-positioned with good, stable employers as opposed to maybe Seattle, Washington, where if they're dependent on Boeing and Boeing's going to go to West Virginia because of the labor market, Mm -hmm. uh, that market could be crushed with just one employer moving out. Mm -hmm. So, no, I I think Cincinnati is uh, well-positioned to be on the downside less than the national market. Okay. Uh,
1: So you've had people working for you in sales for 10 years. You don't have much turnover in sales then.
2: Sales people, I do Turn, not turnover. Yeah, turnover, I do not. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what do you think you can attribute that
2: to? Um, I think in the case of my two producers,
1: biggest uh, producers,
2: well, ones a relative. Yeah, biggest producers is the they're making more money than they could make elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And most of our clients have the bank pay us, and um, you know, you shake your head. Why wouldn't everybody do that? Well. You get what you pay for, and if you offered me a fee, the bank would give you a lower interest rate on your contract. Mm. So it's a teeter-totter. What do you want? You want a low rate? Higher fees. You Mm. want no fees? Higher rate. Mm -hmm. It's all actuarially calculated.
1: Okay. And so you have a middle tier producer who's been with you for uh, 10 years, you said. Mm -hmm. What if they stay? <laughs> Mike,
2: I hadn't thought about it. I'll have to go back to the shop and ask him.
1: Is it the, the cappuccino
2: and gelato you serve every uh, afternoon at lunch? No. I'm going to say that we find value that banks can't give clients. Once we know what you're worth being graded, we have to grade your credit. We have to grade the collateral. We have to grade your income. We have to grade your job stability. Once all those things get graded, a banker might say, toodaloo. Mm-hmm. They might say, oh, we can help you with an adjustable rate mortgage. But mm-hmm. the client wants a fixed rate mortgage.
1: Yeah, that's the psychology.
2: Yeah. So today what I'm
1: experiencing
2: is portfolio banks are drowning in cash.
1: Oops, what's a portfolio bank for our listeners?
2: They don't sell the paper to Wall Street. They don't sell it to Freddie. They don't sell it to Fannie. It's their money. They hold they're, the mortgages. They hold they, them.
1: They're going to service the mortgage.
2: They're going to service it. They're going to put it on their shelf. And they'll price it based upon what they think that's worth to take the risk with that client. Mm-hmm. So as a mortgage broker, that's the value we can bring to a client. Mm-hmm. If they can't find what they want elsewhere, we might be able to find it. Okay. Uh,
1: so in the last couple of years, how many different institutions did you do business with?
2: Oh, at any one time, Mike, there's usually six in the game. Mm-hmm. But I'm signed up with about 30 different banks of the 7,000 in the United States. Mm-hmm. But because 6,000 of them bite off of the apple of Freddie and Fannie, mm-hmm. they're all the same. Okay. You won't find more than $50 difference. Rule of thumb.
1: Okay. Uh, are you doing anything special, uh, Mike, to uh, grow your share of market?
2: I am not. Um, I, I've reached a level where I got too big. I had 23 employees, and I've learned over time that it's best to have between 9 and 12. Mm-hmm. When you have more than 12, um, you have different and more problems. Mm-hmm. So I'm not looking to grow in terms of people. Mm-hmm. And like any banker, I just need to make my margins, mm-hmm. and I'm a happy camper. Okay. Uh-
1: just out of curiosity, why did you move your business to Hyde Park area?
2: Well, funny you should ask that. I used to rent Class A space for 10 years, 100000 a year. So I blew a million bucks. Mm-hmm. So a nice little old building in Hyde Park came available. I bought it, paid cash. I'm a happy camper.
1: I see. So it was really economics that, that, that put you into your own facility.
2: Yes. And the belief that I would still be around a long time mm-hmm. yeah. with, with my son.
1: Uh, are there any real changes you think you need to implement to uh make the business even more successful over the next uh, 2 to 5 years?
2: That the only change the thing that comes to my mind is because of all the regulations I might be forced to put on payroll a compliance officer really just to keep up with the rules and the regulations. In the mortgage industry, a compliance officer. I'm yeah.
1: used to that in the financial services. You know, guys who sell stocks and bonds and mutual funds. Yeah, no, Mike. I mean,
2: the regulations are just compounding page after page after page. Plus, Freddie and Fannie changes all their rules.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Are the mortgage loan officers licensed here in the state of Ohio? Um, yes, nice. if you are a mortgage broker. Uh, You have to have a license as a company, and if you employ a loan officer, he or she also has to have a license issued by the state of Ohio. I'm licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Before all the regulations, I had made loans in 38 of the 48 states. I can't do that today. Mm -hmm. And uh, what about loan officers at a bank? Are they licensed?
1: They are not. So they're going freewheeling.
2: Well, I didn't say that. I did. (laughs) Well, the the theory being they are regulated by regulators. Well, so are we. They come into my shop every year. But, you know, that's the way the lobbying took effect. The bankers have more money than the mortgage brokers. Mm -hmm. So when the rules got written, it's not a level playing field, in our opinion. Mm -hmm. If we need to be licensed, we feel... Loan officers for banks should be licensed
1: also. That would make sense. Yep. Whether a stockbroker is licensed at Merrill Lynch, a stockbroker should be licensed at a large commercial bank. Uh, We're going to take another commercial break here. If you have any questions for Mike, the number is 646-595-4916.
2: I'll tell you the interest rate if you call in.
1: Oh, today's interest rate. It might be lower than someone listening to the show in six months. Oh, six days. or 60 hours. 60 hours. Here's a couple of Sandler commercials. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real.
0: He's shopping it around to the competition.
1: Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring business owners and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler sales training might make you better, faster, meaner and stronger, Call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house, Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Mike Burrows. So, Mike, uh, we were talking about during the break that each and every, whether you're a bank or a mortgage uh, origination company, is... Registered with the federal government. Yes.
2: Yeah, that became effective with the Dodd-Frank law. So if you work for a bank, mm. you have to register with the National Mortgage Licensing System, and you are assigned a unique loan number so that if you go from California to Florida, you have to show them that same number. And the purpose of that was trying to track the bad guys. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Um,
1: since we don't have any callers, again, the call-in number is at 646-595-4916. Uh, Mike, what would your, uh, your people say the top three things are about your sales culture?
2: Uh, our sales culture is high-end. Again, what that means is you are qualified to borrow 50000 or $4 million. Uh, I have targeted that market for the last 15 years for two reasons. One, I don't want to waste my time. But two, that's where the money is. So I would say the the second thing about our culture is loyalty. Uh, I'm loyal to people. I'm reasonable. I pay them fairly, and I expect in return their loyalty. And the third one, um, Zia, I can't think of one off the top of my head. So let me ask a dumb question. How tough is it if someone was
1: smart or foolish enough to want to break into the mortgage loan industry? uh, How would you
2: tell them to do that? I guess I would tell them to go to work for a bank first to learn the language, to be able to understand why Freddie and Feeney have the rules that they have. And then if you want to make more money, because the banks are only going to pay what they think you're worth. And as a new employee, you're not worth a whole lot, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. But probably after one year, maybe two, when you can talk the language and understand how to get a loan closed, um, because usually banks will pay you just a salary. Mm-hmm. So you show up, you go home Monday through Friday. You're a nine-to-five banker. Right. But if you're out there working on commission and you can double or triple your income, um, you, you want to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So go to work for a bank and then give me a call. Okay. Makes a lot of sense.
1: Uh, what do you think the key components for growth are for a mortgage loan company like yours? Hmm. Hmm does it focus are you focusing on strategy are you focusing on people are you focusing on more efficient processes
2: none of the above what really? I, well, yeah what we focus on is are you creditworthy and i'm only going to get your business if i can find a deal better than what you can find and i do otherwise i wouldn't be in business so in terms of strategies, as I said, 90% of my business last year was refi. That's just beating the competition. Mm-hmm. Today, with 60% purchases, you've got to work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. But it's more of, if I could use the word strategy, of knowing who you want to serve as opposed to getting them in the door and see what you can do. Mm-hmm.
1: What percentage of your business this year do you think will be people who are doing a loan with you the first
2: time? It'll be small, 10%. 10%. And they
1: got there by referral? Um,
2: Most likely. I do some charity advertising. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you know, you're a Rotarian. I'm a Rotarian. Last night we had a Rotarian dinner, and and I did an ad. But generally speaking, I don't do ads. I just do word of mouth. You look like you're the big-time sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) I was. (laughs) But I I believe in Rotary, as
3: you do.
1: Sure. Well worth it. Well worth it. Um, Products and services. What's the most visible image of your company? Mm. Is it your logo?
2: The realtors will not send me someone that is not creditworthy. Mm -hmm. That's
1: the
3: image.
2: Uh, The image is that I have the highest average loan of any firm in greater Cincinnati, Uh, and that's because a bank has to take everything. So they do a lot of government loans. I do very few government loans called FHA, VA, or what have you. I can do them. Um, there's just some different rules that you have to get through the rent maze. So, I hope I answered your question.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Now, you said with the new
1: regulations, uh, you've uh, you've kind of retreated into uh, the tri-state area for doing your, your loans. If someone came to you and they needed a loan in California, because they got transferred to California, and they were a customer of yours here, what would you do? For, could you do anything for them?
2: In 1998, I had to make a decision and I decided to join a a buy-referral-only network in California. Uh, They cater to realtors and mortgage brokers. So we have about 5,000 members that belong to buy-referral-only, and I do give referrals. So what I do is I'll call the people in California. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll say I have a client that's moving to Iowa. They say give us a street a zip code, and we'll find you a buy-referral-only, either a real estate agent or a mortgage broker. Okay. And i would had them refer people to me that can't do loans in Ohio. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It works. You have a network. Uh,
1: you, you run the company as a company uh, since, what, 1998?
2: 1998.
1: 1998. Uh, as a leader, what motivates
2: you to make tough decisions? Honesty.
1: Honesty. Integrity. Integrity.
2: That's important. You know, all the virtues that anybody would write about in a book, it's just part of my fabric. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not out to take advantage of people. I want to give them value given for value received. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Three factors are important for CEOs.
1: Uh, Their uh, outlook and their core beliefs, uh, desire, the passion for success, and commitment. Uh, What do you think is the most important? Outlook, desire, or commitment? Mm.
2: You ask tough questions. I'm going to say commitment. Mm -hmm. I've seen many people fail in life, but they were committed to their ideals. Well, I'm really glad you said commitment. (coughs) Why is that? Uh, Because,
1: I don't know, if it's 10 years ago or or longer, I I just created a, a modality of doing business. And I said, I have to do business only with honest people who are going to be honest with me, people who have integrity, And people who understand the commitment means doing what you said you were going to do after the spirit and what you said it is gone. If you don't have that commitment, I don't want you as a client. I don't need everybody anymore.
2: Well, and fortunately for me, I'm in that position too. But to finish up my story about people who fail, if they really are committed and have passion, eventually, nine times out of ten, they will be successful. Mm -hmm. And I hope we saw that last night with that ice cream parlor.
1: Well, wow, that was a great story, uh, the, uh, the Walker Ice Cream uh, Parlor in uh, Montgomery. Downtown Montgomery, yeah. Right. It's, so, it's off the street behind the building.
2: It's kind of across from Montgomery Inn, mm-hmm. but it is behind those buildings. Nice young couple, four kids, took risk, you know, renovated. A, it didn't renovate, actually. They tore it down and built it. Tear down the clock. So shop they, ob- they obviously were committed, mm-hmm. and they still are. And, and it, it, that was a really neat story.
1: Yeah, it, its it's always... Fantastic to hear a success story, as we did last night. Yep. Uh, I guess we have time for uh, another question or two. Uh, what do you think the unique marketing advantage is of uh, Mortgage House of America?
2: Well, I, I, again, I think the uniqueness of us is that people understand um, that they have to meet our standards because we don't want to waste their time or ours. So the uniqueness is... I know bankers by the first name. I have a reputation to protect on both ends. To my investor, I've done 8,000 transactions since 1992. I've had two foreclosures. One was a death. The estate wouldn't make the payments, so the bank foreclosed. And the other one was a job loss. I'll match that record against anybody's. Yeah, well, it's hard to, hard
1: to find it when the mortgagee dies.
2: <laughs> well, no, I've had mortgagee mortgage or... Mortgageors die. Mortgagee is the bank. Oh, okay. Mortgageors Mortgage- Mortgage- die, and the estate makes the payments mm-hmm. until they can get the property up for sale. Well, but this particular one didn't.
1: Okay, I can I can understand that. Uh,
2: I think we actually
1: have time for one more question. Again, in the call the call in number. This will be the last opportunity. Six four six five nine five four nine one six. What do you think? The let me let me change that. Why don't you give our listeners, other company leaders like yourself, one leadership tip that you use in your business?
2: Wow. Um, sense of humor. Sense of humor. I, I think a CEO without a sense of humor is going to be limited going up the ladder. hmm So, as you know, Mike, because you teach it, there are lots of leadership qualities that we could rattle off. Mm-hmm. But I would say the number one where I have been with uh, pr- Fortune 100 presidents and served them, they are so classy, such a sense of humor. And when something happens, you know, if, somebody, if, if, a, if a waitress drops a cup, you know, they have a sense of humor.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
2: they come up with some comment. Me, I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> but, no, leadership, you've got to have a sense of humor. I could use more. <laughs>
1: Not unusual. A lot of leaders could. Uh, We're going to take a uh, commercial break here, and we're going to listen to Sandler Rule number uh,
3: 44.
5: Hi, I'm Eric Meyer with Sandler Training, here to talk about Rule 44. If your foot hurts, you're probably standing on your own toe. Here's an example. You go through your proposal with a prospect. Everything looks great. Your prospect is responding in a positive fashion to the information that you brought to the table. Um, Everyone feels good. You wrap up and move forward for the order only to find that the prospect says that they have to take your information to a committee. At this point you can get angry with the prospect. Why didn't they bring that up? Why didn't they tell you that they were going to have to take this information to somebody else before they could make a decision? Well. It's your job to ask the right questions to uncover roadblocks and potential problems ahead of time so that you don't find yourself scrambling at a future date when it's already too late. So take responsibility when the prospect brings up new problems and challenges. If you ask the right questions ahead of time, you can diffuse the situation before it's too late. And next time you're faced with the situation, the results will be positive.
1: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Mike Burrows from Mortgage House of America. Uh, Mike, we have a a theory of operation here at Sandler uh, by Roth & Associates. Simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. And If you want to have a good solution, a lasting solution to a complex problem, you have to have an equally complex solution. Perhaps you could share uh, with our listeners a complex problem you encountered in Mortgage House of America and the equally complex solution you used to solve that problem, and it might be transferable to another business in another industry. Uh,
2: Mike, I'll try to give a parallel answer so that anybody in their industry can try to um, jump the tracks and understand how it would apply to theirs. But my first statement would be to solve a complex problem, you have to define the problem before you're going to find the solution. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of times people don't define the problem, and they're off in no-no land with a solution that's just not going to work. So let me go back and give you one example. My biggest problems are self-employed people. Self-employed people, and this one in particular... That come in for a loan. Yeah, they come in for a loan. Okay. So, um, naturally they try to write off for tax purposes as much as they can, mm-hmm. which is a real downer for the underwriter uh, who wants to know, what do you really make? Well, self-employed borrowers say, well, I really make this. Well, the underwriter says, I don't believe that because I've looked at your tax returns and you're writing all this stuff off. So I had a customer that had 27 LLCs. took me over 10 hours of analyzing all tax returns for all 27 LLCs for a two-year period plus the P&L for year to date before I determined his income. He had been everywhere in the city. I knew exactly where to go because now I knew the problem. I knew the solution. I'm going to say I harassed the banker for six weeks, Mm -hmm. and we closed the week after that. Wow. So how does that relate to somebody that has another industry? I go back to my original statement. If you don't analyze the problem, you'll probably suggest the wrong solution. Define the problem. Write it down. Figure out what the real problem, not what your client tells you is the problem. Mm -hmm. Figure out the problem for yourself because you know what you have to do in your industry.
1: Uh, I'm glad to mention that. You know, here in the sales training business, we get a lot of this uh, self-diagnosis where a sales manager or a company president will say to me, Mike, I've got a, uh, a few salespeople who are uh, low performing. You, you just need to give them some tune-up training. <laughs> and I, I kind, kind of really wince at that because that would be the equivalent of going into a medical doctor's office and saying, Doc, I got a pain on my side. He says he does the greatest laparoscopic appendectomy. The scar is the size of a dime. And he says, meet me at the hospital at 4 o'clock. We'll get that appendix out. You'll be good as new. Now, I think most people, when a doctor says that to them, are going to say, I'm not going to be at the hospital. I'm going to get a second opinion.
2: Absolutely.
1: You go out to a second physician and you say, I got a pain on my side. He has you lie down in the examining table, does that thing where he presses on all parts of your body, hits a spot, and you jump six inches off the table. He says, well, go with the nurse. we will take an X-ray and draw some blood. An hour later, he's talking to the X-ray on the wall and saying, do you have a history in your family of having kidney stones? Uh, meet me at the hospital at 4 o'clock. We'll do, we'll do a, one of those uh, lithotripsy machines, and bust that stone up. You'll be as good as new in a couple of days. Uh, I think that second doctor is actually going to do the right thing for the patient, Uh, even though the patient was saying, hey, you know, I probably have a appendicitis.
2: Right. Uh, Good analogy.
1: Yeah. So people come in here all the time and and they say, well, my my sales team just needs a little tune-up. So they're telling you what the problem is. Right. You know, give them a one-day sales seminar. And uh, that's almost invariably wrong. Uh, the right way to start is to do the diagnostic tests. Uh, and when we mi- we miss the don't do the diagnostic tests because this guy says, well, I had my own personnel department do the tests. We miss something and we fail to discover something and it takes longer to get the real solution. Yeah. It, it's really in defining what the real problem is. It really
2: is. is. You know, my typical guy is 58 years old, says he's never missed a payment, 800 credit scores, Mike, I don't want to show you my tax return. What's your interest rate? And I said, you know, without proving your income, we're wasting our time. Mm -hmm. So if he won't give me the tax returns, four-letter word, next. Yeah, well, uh, if he won't give you the tax returns
1: in the sale or selling system, that means you didn't get good bonding and rapport. You didn't. Okay, you failed to get the trust factor to 100%. People do business with people they like and trust.
2: Yeah, but... The truth is, they won't get a loan anywhere without the tax returns. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's bluffing. I'm, I'm not bluffing. I know what the rules are. Mm-hmm. So, if you can go get a loan, fine. You don't need me. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe his aunt'll give him a loan. <laughs> well, there's, there's some truth to that. Hey, uh,
1: in my family, growing up in New York, we had one aunt, Aunt Selma. And, oh, God, love her. And if you, if you needed money uh, for, for whatever, you went to see Aunt Selma. Most most business days, you could, and some I remember I as eighty years old, was with was, was the little old lady sitting in the back of the Merrill Lynch office watching the ticker board, <laughs> and she'd give everyone in the, in the family loan she came sure. up with an interest rate.
2: They're going to get it anyway. Uh, but it,
1: it, it, it was interesting that uh, you have to have a, a complex solution. You have to actually have a diagnostic. If you can't look at the tax returns, yeah. Uh, Brokerage statements, whatever else you need, yeah. it, it makes makes no sense at all.
2: How many? Uh, so, Mike, let me ask a question of myself because this is what your viewers really want to know. Mike, what's your interest rate? What is
1: the interest rate? Well, today?
2: interest rates are byproduct. We have a three-year adjustable, a five-year, a seven-year, a ten-year, a fifteen-year. Nobody in the city has a fifteen-one fixed with a thirty-year payment except me. What the heck oh. is that? It means your rate is fixed for 15 years. Hmm. The 8,000 loans I've done since 1992, I've tracked them all. Mm-hmm. There's been nobody staying alone more than six years. So what happens? In 93, they refinance. 98, they refinance. 03, they refinance. January of oh eight they refinance. 2010, 2011, and 2012, they refinance. Now, or they get divorced. Mm-hmm. Divorce is a big part of my business. Or they wanted to move up, so they paid that loan off when they sold the house. Or they wanted to move down. Same thing. They, want, they need a smaller loan. They sell their house. But it's just amazing to me that nobody stays in a long-term mortgage, yet in our German community, they want 30-year fixed loans. So 30-year fixed today is about 4.25. Okay. And what,
1: what is that 15-1?
2: 15 is 4%. So you save a quarter for as many years as you stay in the contract. If you don't think 15 years is a lifetime in the mortgage business, let me tell you it is. Mm-hmm. And you would save a quarter percent those first 15 years. So there is some risk at the end of 15 years. It can go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, banks mm-hmm. are required to have caps. Typical cap is one and a half to two per year. Typical lifetime cap is maybe four or five, maybe six, depends upon the bank. But
1: um, So does that mean you, you sit down with uh, borrowers and actually put the numbers out, of, out in writing when it's going to, be for the first 15
2: years? What I what, I what I say is, I know my margins. I don't care what you select. You pick any product you want. Here's one I think you should consider. You want a 30-year fix? I'll get you a 30-year fix. I'm still going to make the same amount of money. But if you want to save a little bit of money, from my experience, you might want to consider the 15-1 arm that's fixed for 15 years to save a quarter percent. One means? One is a, adjust every year thereafter mm-hmm. by the caps. It's tied to the U.S. Treasury bill or some other public index, and then they add a margin to it, whatever they think is fair. Margins go anywhere from two and a quarter to three and a half, depending upon the investor.
1: So what is the most popular product, mortgages, that you're selling?
2: Actually, today, my 15-1 arm, because I have a monopoly on it. Mm-hmm. You can call around. <laughs> you just won't find it. Um, other than that, I would say in, in, last year the popular products were the 15-year fix People that had maybe a loan fixed for five or seven years, they wanted to go into a 15-year fix, to get mm-hmm. away from that 30-year obligation. So they cut seven, eight, nine years off the back end of their mortgage, mm-hmm. and they got a cheaper rate. Might have been a slightly higher payment mm-hmm. because they went, you know, they cut seven years off of their contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were probably l- last year. This year, my transient, transient meaning you work for Proctor, you're only going to be here five years, they tend to take – five-year arms, Mm -hmm. which I think are priced in the three-and-a-quarter range. Mm -hmm. Um, So every day is a new day in the mortgage quotation business. Uh, When the market opens up at 9.30, I usually have all my rates by 11. Mm -hmm. And they can change as many as three times in a day. Uh, How long is a, a rate locked in for? Typically 15 days, 30, 45, or 60, and all the rates are different for those locks. So if you want to float until we get your loan approved and lock in at 15 days, you might have made a good decision. But if rates went up while we were processing you, you're going to get the 15-day rate, which could have been higher than when you first applied. Mm-hmm. So what risk level do you have? you want 15, 30, 45, or 60? Mm-hmm. So somebody buying a house 60 days from now, you know, they would probably be wise to lock because the market is just too volatile. It mm-hmm. can change on
3: a dime. Mm-hmm. and has.
2: Mm-hmm. So, the uh, thought
1: just run, ran through my mind. I, I know you used to uh, do mortgages for the state of Florida. Are you guys doing Florida anymore?
2: No, when the market crashed in Florida, if you owned a million dollar condo down there, it was worth 600000 and you borrowed eight hundred.
0: dollars mm-hmm. I couldn't get
2: any good appraisals to make any legitimate deals. And, for you know, most of the people go to Naples, but Saratoga, or Saratoga, Sarah Marco Island. Marco Island. Uh, Fort Myers was the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in in general, I had to give up the license. Today, I'm thinking about getting it back because mm-hmm. I'm getting legitimate calls. That million dollar condo is now being sold for 600, and the guy wants to borrow 400. Mm-hmm. I can make that deal, okay. and I can beat the competition. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike,
1: let me ask you uh, one more question on that line before we uh, have to end the show. Uh, where, where do you see mortgage rates going over the next year or two as we go into this election cycle?
2: I think I'm on the bandwagon, Mike. They're going up. On the They're going up. So now you know they'll go down mm-hmm. because I think they're <laughs> going to go up. You,
1: you say they're going to go up, they're going to go down. <laughs> Yeah, you're like me with stocks. I If I, if I bought uh, Procter & Gamble stock, <laughs> go down. I guarantee tomorrow it's going to go down. So, uh,
2: Nobody knows. I
1: don't like to tell people
2: what I'm buying. Yeah. Uh,
1: I want to thank you for being on the show again, Mike. Thank you. And I'm going to give you a copy of a new book that I com- compiled with Sandler. It's called Lead When You Dance, 14 Success Secrets for uh, Sales Managers and uh, Company Owners. Well, thank you. It's got a free training pass yes, in there.
2: Okay. as well as a
1: copy of our calendar. Well, thank you, thank you. And uh, again, thanks again for being on the show. And Scott, why don't you take it away?
0: Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400